0: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year, this is the Pack-A-Day Podcast.
1: It's Pack-A-Day, your 24-7, 365-day-a-year Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm Jake Turner of PackersTalk.com. Joining me is a staff writer for Cheesehead TV, a very good friend of mine. And you know something? We talked about this about a couple months ago during the Packers post game, and we realized we got to meet up and do this again. Zachary Jacobson is on the line right now with me, and Zachary, how's it going?
2: <laughs> it is going, man.
1: <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. Oh, oh. So I, what was that? I know that we just went fast paced right into this, you know. But th- this has been such a strange evening for me. Zachary, I actually experienced Daylight Savings for the first time. I actually sat there before we were about to shoot and it was 1.59 p.m. Eastern Time. And suddenly after that it flipped to 3 a.m. I felt like I had just walked into the Twilight Zone. And then this happens. Antonio Brown is an Oakland Raider? And here, here's some of the, the pieces here. First off, a third round, a fourth round to the Steelers. They made Antonio Brown the highest paid wide receiver. Better paid than Odell Beckham Jr., who hasn't even hit his 25th birthday yet. And now it's come to this point, what the heck just happened here, and did the Packers just dodge a bullet? So basically, we have we have you to thank for this
2: because <laughs> <laughs> so your, your your daylight savings time experience and now everything's like in in bizarre world right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I mentioned I mentioned to you before the show. It feels reminiscent, really, of when Randy Moss went to Oakland in two thousand five. You know, and the thing is though, with the difference, the difference is, you know, back then Raiders didn't really know what their quarterback situation was going to be. Now, you know, he has Derek Carr to work with. And Derek Carr, you know, is he going to be the long-term answer for the Raiders? Or are they going to ship him off and, you know, target a quarterback high in the 2020 draft or even in this coming draft? And, you know, you're putting all of that money in a a guy who is on the wrong side of 30. He, you know, I I disagreed with, with a lot of the reports, but it has been documented to have attitude issues with what he was dealing with in Pittsburgh and like I said I, I you know I don't blame them 100% because I mean he's working with Ben Altersberger that doesn't sound pleasant at all but um, <laughs> you know and you're expecting him to come to this new environment step in and go right back to being the same player that he's been for for the last you know eight nine years so it, it's going to be interesting to watch and I do think the Packers voted a bullet just uh, you know in terms of like their salary
1: oh gap, my goodness yeah,
2: yeah, you know he was wanting that deal he was wanting like that was the big kicker behind this he wanted that new deal you know he wanted to make the most money
1: he wanted and, to, Zachary what he wanted to do was what Des Bryant wanted last year and never yeah. got but i mean this is crazy to me Mike florio reported this uh, this evening that he will pay out 50.125 million over the next 3 seasons his guaranteed cash has gone from 0 to $30.125 million. And ESPN's Adam Schefter added that the deal could increase to $54 million in incentives. Not only that, Ian Rappaport reports that the Raiders will send the 2019 third and fifth round picks to the Pittsburgh Steelers. A 31-year-old wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. The numbers are amazing. This guy is a Hall of Famer in the making. But here is one thing that gets to me, Zachary. The Raiders have no idea what quarterback they are. I mean, they say, yeah, Derek Carr's our guy for now. But what if they go after Kyler Murray? They have three first-round draft picks coming up. And then not just that. Not just that. But... You have Trevor Lawrence coming up next year. You have Dwayne Haskins in there right now. Daniel Jones is in there right now. And we don't know the answer currently because we already know this too, Zachary. The Raiders need defense. And this just struck a horrible blow to any chance for the Raiders to build up that defense going forward.
2: Yeah, you're 100% right. And they do have those three first round picks that's true but you know no one John Gruden you know I just I, I don't trust him with with that kind of draft all that that that's just me speaking mm-hmm. Antonio Brown he brings this whole new level this new dimension to your offense and you know maybe it's a subtle hint that the Raiders are going to stick with Derek Carr, and they're giving him a you know a piece for the future to, to for Brown to finish out his career and Carr to, you know, really enjoy these these middle years of his career and, you know, have that big-time playmaking wide receiver. Maybe this is a message that they're going to stick with Carr, but at the same time, like I said, you don't know what's going through Gruden's mind, what the Raiders are... Like, their, their thought process here. You know, that's just a crazy amount of money, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, okay? And that was just...
1: I don't know. It's, I know it, it. just leaves you speechless. It, it really does. I mean, it really that's, does. That's why you know what we we ran right into that Pack a Day intro just like we did here. And, and don't forget, folks, we are going to talk Packers here. But we wanted, we know that the Packers were at least there was some interest in there, even though it was part of the rumor mill. We wanted to tell Packer fans out there that okay, the Antonio Brown stuff is done because. There is so much to get into into this Pack-A-Day podcast coming up. So, just to recap here, Antonio Brown is going to the Oakland Raiders. He They will give the third and fifth round draft pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He will make $30 million guaranteed and an incentive to possibly $54 million with incentives. That is a crazy number and best of luck, Raiders. That's all I got to say. Now, Let's jump to the Packers here because this is why we do the Pack-A-Day podcast. I'm Jake Turner of PackersTalk.com and Zachary Jacobson of Cheesehead TV. This is crazy to me because I didn't think that this guy's name was even going to come up. I, I, I didn't manage it, imagine it because I knew Denzel Perriman was out there. He just signed a two-year deal, but D Ford. Now, D Ford was underneath outside linebackers coach Mike Smith who came out of this, and he had a tremendous season, tremendous season with 13 sacks, 29 quarterback hits, and it was his best season since 2016. But the question is, Zachary, and you know more about this than I do. What is the true price for D. Ford to become a Packer?
2: They're more than likely going to need to part ways with that 44th overall pick in the second round. I don't see, I don't see them really needing to. to... Break the bank much for Ford, or you know, ship out that thirtieth overall pick, but forty-four should do the trick. And you know, really, the Packers would ship it out, and they could probably even swap positions with the Chiefs. You know, they would just move down a little bit to where the Chiefs' second-round pick is, and give up forty-four. But he, he's going to want—he's he, going to say—he's going to be taking on a lot of money. Okay, right now his market value is pushing sixteen million annually, so the Packers would need to kind of really, it, it, it goes with the trend here, because all these edge guys, these pass rushers on the market, they're going to be getting a lot of money in free agency, and you know, kind of really, for a team like the Packers, who you're expecting to spend big in free agency at the edge rush position, that really kind of turns you away, you know, because you, you, those guys are making just crazy amounts of money, and some of them, some of them, their they're, production doesn't even warrant it. You're better off just double dipping with, uh, you know, in, in the draft, getting two edge guys at twelve and thirty or twelve and forty-four. Jakai Polite might fall to forty-four. You know, there's going to be a lot of options for the Packers to to really emphasize prioritizing their outside linebacker position, and then paying all this this inordinate amount of money in free agency just doesn't seem like the trick. And D four falls under that umbrella.
1: How much? Here's something interesting, because I read some reviews about the bad day that Polite had at the NFL Combine. But honestly, wouldn't you say that a pro day is better than what he would have at the NFL Combine going forward? Because, I mean, Polite has so much going for him. He's such a good football player. I mean, the guy played in a pro-ready defense last year. This is the kind of guy that you definitely want with the Packers, and not be able to break the banquet because they're still trying to figure out what to do about Nick Perry and Clay Matthews and trying to open up that cap space. And, I mean, would they really put it all in just to get a guy like D Ford? I mean, like I said, 2018 season, Zachary, it was great. It was a great season, but at the same time, he's only had two good seasons with the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Yeah, that's really a lot of the the risk when you target forward. That 2018 season kind of stands out. You know, I mean, it's the season that a guy typically has right before he gets big contract in a contract year. He, he you know makes teams overpay for his services, and then shortly after, it kind of falls flat. But you know, on tape, what he did in 2018, you, there's so much potential there that a lot of it wasn't just kind of like you know he he's mopping up a a collapsing pocket on a quarterback like he was beating his guys handedly and he was just just showing flashing total speed off the edge in reach of those 13 sacks and it was 84 pressures on the quarterback he he was just a machine and look about polite you know yeah the pro day is going to be Significant for him to kind of help rise his, his stock again, because right now there's a good chance he falls into the second round, which is crazy because you know the Packers could have probably targeted him at 12. You know they could have taken him at that first first selection they have. and I still want. Him. That's just me and Zach Cruz of the Packers. Where I was the first to kind of point out the correlation between him and a young Clay Matthews, and I I completely mm-hmm. see it. You know it, it it's. Very, very blatant So, you know, if Polite falls into the 40s Then I'm here for it Or even if the Packers spend 30 on it I'm here for it Because a combine isn't the make or break In, in a lot of these Thank guys you. And the types of careers they're going to have
1: Thank you I, I, I am always going to say this Because I have a podcast called Turning Points And I always tell both sides of the story And when I hear combine stories I sit back and realize That is not, that's round one that's the uh-huh. thing. That's a thing for small school kids. That's for Division Two kids. Also for wide receivers in Division One that don't have the agents, don't have the potential to be one of those big stars, and have to you know build their own product going forward with that. And without that, you, you know you can't put way too much into it. It just it feels like hype to me. It really does. Not everybody is a Kyler Murray out there. It, nobody is. The only reason that this draft actually has potential to be a lot of fun is because of Kyler Murray. Otherwise, this draft is just, eh, it's just there.
2: And a lot of people, too, were really just turned off by his combine interviews. I'm like, who the hell cares? Thank you. The The kid, he's 20 years old, and they expect him to go out there in front of all these scouts, these GMs, these coaches, and just completely nail every single question of every single interview.
1: So, I, wait, well, well, Zachary, just, I mean, the, the thing is is that when he was at the the, I will say this, I don't care about the Combine interviews. I thought Charlie Castle did a great job reporting on it using the connections that he has trusted for years but the thing is, that Dan Patrick show for me and I'm not saying that because I'm, I'm at that school right now, I'm just saying the interview was poor. I just felt like Kyle Murray shouldn't have been there because If you're not going to answer the questions that has been on the minds of the sports radio hosts, you shouldn't have been there in the first place. But the Combine interview, I will let push to the side you know, because he has Pro-Dick coming up. But uh, staying with that for a moment. So we understand the D4 thing could be very risky. Now, Antonio Morrison has been cut by the Packers, so that opens up a little bit of cap space. But Robert Tanyan signed a $570,000 tender. This is a guy who came out of Indiana State. He signed with the Lions going out of this. And then he really made some noise when he was in the preseason. So why are the Packers taking a chance with Tanyan now that Jimmy Graham is there for a second year?
2: He just adds that kind of well, right now he's honestly the second body, but you know the Packers got so many expiring tight end contracts right now with Mercedes Lewis and Lance Kendricks. But you know, Tonya flashed enough last season, specifically that that big fifty-four yard heave from Aaron Rodgers in Seattle. That. Yeah, it, you know that kind of probably caught caught their eyes, turned their heads a little bit. And you know he's not going to be—he's obviously not that expensive right now. They only tendered him, so it kind of made sense to bring him back. and, You know, keep keep developing him as he go. You know, goes into his second year. Uh, I mean, he played in all 16 games last year. He appeared and caught four passes, six targets, 77 yards, and a touchdown. So, you know, there's, I guess, enough there. I mean, everyone's turning him into the next cult hero in Green Bay, and I, I refuse to be a part of, you know, associate myself with that, <laughs> that, that fandom right there with Robert oh Tanya. But, um, y- you know, he, he, he could be good. I he don't could. see him. At, yeah, I don't see him being the guy you want to pair with Jimmy Graham like a lot of people think. Like you know, some people speculate that the Packers can be fine going into 2019 with just Jimmy Graham and Robert Tunyon, and that is the most incorrect thing. I, I've one of the most incorrect things I've ever heard. Actually, Why that's is just that? crazy.
1: Why is that?
2: I have no idea, really. You know, it's just I guess. <laughs> I guess he showed enough with four catches, four career catches to his name. He showed enough. I mean, it's it's coming from the same people who put Jeff Janis on a pedestal, and, you know, so can't really can't really be surprised.
1: Well, we did say that there was going to be change in the air with Green Bay, so I guess they're going to just live on with potential. This is the uh, Pack-A-Day Podcast, your 24-7, day year Pack-A-Day podcast. I'm Jake Turner of PackersTalk.com and uh, Zachary Jacobson of Cheesehead TV, and it has been quite a show so far. I uh, just want to recap here real quick. Breaking news coming in. Antonio Brown is off the market. He is now with the Oakland Raiders. He will be the richest wide receiver in the NFL. He's going to make $30 million guaranteed in 2019. The Steelers will receive the 2019 third and fifth round pick, plus Adam Schefter reported that there will be incentives that could balloon this to $54 million. And it's a crazy moment right now to be an Oakland Raiders fan. I any a few for Packer fans because I can only imagine what that deal could have been like. And we've talked a little bit about D. Ford. Uh, Antonio Morrison being cut as well. Robert Tanyan getting a $570,000 tender. And I, I want to break this one down because I thought this was interesting. TJ Lang, has been cut. Has been cut by the Detroit Lions. Now he's had back problems. He's coming to if he, if the Packers possibly brought him back. Now you're having an issue on that right side, and I'm just saying this, Zachary. You're having that issue on that right side where there are two starting offensive linemen that now have back hist- have history of back injuries right now. Why would the Packers take another shot at T.J. Lang?
2: Someone mentioned to me that there's familiarity there, but okay. to, clear, to clear that up, there actually isn't. You know, yeah, you get you get him playing next to Corey Lindsley and Brian Bulaga, sure, but mm-hmm. this this is a new regime. Mike McCarthy isn't there anymore. Adam Stanovich is a new offensive line coach. Jane Campin is out. There's really no familiarity there aside from the guys he's, he's working with. So, you know, with, with that out the door, you could bring him back just because he's good. And, it, you know... It, yeah, he has also familiarity with Aaron Rodgers, but he he's good at his job. For each of the last two seasons, when he was healthy, which he did battle he did have some health issues, uh since he first signed with the Lions, he's been the Lions best best offensive lineman. Yes. And and it really hasn't been close. So he's thirty three. Packers brought in Jari Evans when he was thirty one, turning thirty two. And if T J Lang Wants to keep playing. I know he had that concussion last year, and it kind of got a little scary. But if he wants to keep playing, and he feels he gets medically cleared, checks out, and he want, he wants to continue playing football, then I don't see why you don't at least give it a call. You kind of consider it.
1: Just- but, but if they're going to bring, but if they're going to bring back guys like T.J. Lang and Muhammad Wilkerson, then how how can we even buy into this new regime, saying, "Oh, there's change in the air, Packer fans." If we continue, if they continue to bring back guys that were with Mike McCarthy, I'm. It, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because, like I said, I, right. I would love to have TJ Lang back. I, I'm always been a big fan of his for years. It really made me angry when Ted Thompson sent him uh, packing to the Detroit Lions. But I mean, it's kind of interesting because I keep saying, "Oh, changes in the air, changes in the air," but. Maybe maybe it's just the same old thing. I, I don't know what to say. And also, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning when we're shooting this, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I think personally that they shouldn't let the past regime dictate how they handle this current regime. Yeah, yeah, um, just because Mike McCarthy did some, Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekunst, they all, neither one of them should feel like, oh, that's, forbidden. we got to stay away from that. If you can get a good football player and add him to your roster, then that's really what it should boil down to. Because if you get T.J. Lang and you still draft an offensive lineman high in April, you get him You get him a year learning behind T.J. Lang, learning behind Brian Bulaga, whether it's Dalton, Dalton Reisner, let's say. The pack, Packers take him sometime within their first 44 picks. Okay, That's a guy who can play a Really every position in the offensive line, whether it's guard or whether it's tackle. So he's a, he's a rotational guy that can fill in at either spot. He's learning behind both of those veterans right there in an offense protecting Aaron Rodgers. And that solves your problem for the future. Really. You, you know, he can step in, Let's say TJ Lane plays one year, he's gone it for 2020, and Reisner's ready. You know, so there, there, there's a few routes they can take here, but it all just starts with plugging that gap for 2019. And a rookie may or may not be able to do that.
1: So, give me one big free agent that the Packers could possibly get, and then also give me one draft pick that you feel like would just be a blockbuster for the Packers.
2: One free agent? One free agent? My preference is Earl Thomas. That feels like a pipe dream. So, realistically, <laughs> more than likely, Landon Collins. I feel like. Ooh. Everything is lining up for Land Collins to come to Green Bay. Personally, you know, I, I would talk myself into it, even despite me being just completely adamant against it on social media. Um, and one one pick that could just completely, just really revamp how this team looks, you take Brian Burns at 12th overall, if he falls there.
1: Love it. Yes, sir. That. I mean, I always say, look, I, I like Polite, I really do, but when I watched Brian Burns play football, I, I was unbelievable. I just sat there and went, this is a guy that the Packers t- desperately need. And this, he wasn't even on a good team last year. It, it, but the year before that, he was so good underneath uh, Jimbo Fisher at that point. But also, man alive, you got to understand you know, just how truly good Brian Burns can become and has such a great tutelage for the game on defense, but I love that move, Zachary. I really do.
2: Yeah, that just it feels like it makes the most sense. And a person, I still want Jakai Polite as a Green Bay Packer. I still want him, whether it's at thirty or forty-four. But the Packers can double down there and just completely change how everyone views their their edge position, their pass rushers. So you know, or hey. If they don't want to take an edge rusher, they can take Ed Oliver at twelve if he falls there. Oh, I of Houston. tackle. Yeah. Oh man. If, they, if Ed Oliver is there at twelve, then you take him and don't don't question it. Don't second guess it. Just send the card in.
1: So if that happens, then what about Mahowald Wilkerson?
2: You can still keep him around. You still ink him to a new deal because you know the best teams in this league right now have deep defensive lines rotational guys that sub in, sub out. It, look at the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017. Mm-hmm. That, that defensive line was just deep, stock of talent. So if you keep Muhammad Wilkerson, you got Dean Lowry, Race Adams showed some flashes last year, and then you put in Ed Oliver, Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, and Daniels is entering a, a contract year. So, you know, you don't know, really know if he's going to get a new deal, or, or what's going to happen with him, he's, he's getting close to 30, so Oliver could be the guy there for, for the future.
1: I was just looking at Brian Burns' stats uh, 23 sacks in 3 years, that's that's incredible, and he had his best year yet, underneath a team that went 5-7, and seven. I mean <laughs> doesn't get any better than that when it comes Oph. to a, a pro-ready football player like uh, Brian Burns but I like the Ed Oliver move oh. But, I mean, so it's going to be interesting now going forward, you know, with Muhammad Wilkerson now coming into the mix here. But, I mean, Zachary, so before we close it out here on Pack-A-Day, we went through a lot. What is the story that we just covered tonight that you feel like you're never going to forget going forward?
2: Probably falling asleep during the uh, Antonio Brown. (laughs) The, the, The culmination of the Antonio Brown nonsense, I mean, this has been going on for weeks, and finally, the night that he signs with his team, and it, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing fake. He doesn't back out of it like he did with the Bills, and, and you know, completely turn his nose up at the thought of playing in Buffalo. But he finally commits to the Oakland Raiders, and I'm asleep.
1: <laughs> and I wasn't. And you weren't. And I wasn't. There was something there. I don't. I don't know. I. I was. I sat there. I can't believe it. I think I napped for maybe about five minutes, and I woke up, and it's one fifty-nine, and suddenly I look at my clock, and it went right to three a.m. I felt like I was Bill Murray in Groundhog Day when that when that scene <laughs> when it's five fifty-nine and the six comes down and the two zeros come down, and he is started to recite what he has been hearing day in and day out, over and over again. I don't know. I just I had that fantastical feeling. When that happened, and then the Antonio Brown stuff drops into my lap as well.
2: Uh, that's just crazy. I can't imagine how you felt. I, I probably would have been terrified and questioning whether or not I'm actually alive, <laughs> or if I'm in some kind of I'm in some kind of dream state or, or whatever. But I did. Yeah, it's, it's just insane. I did.
1: I, I kind of like looked around just to see if like the walls were moving or anything like that, <laughs> or if like. I don't know, versions of me were going to walk around or something and start doing the that Fantasia dance or something. I don't know. Oh, man, I'm spoken myself out now. <laughs> oh, Zachary. Always a good time with you, man. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter. Man, you got an excellent following on there. Always a lot of fun.
2: Appreciate that. Uh, if you guys really want to follow me, you can find me at, at Zach A. Jacobson on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, cover the Packers, post memes, crack jokes all day, fun stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, one thing I really did like about it is you did one about Twitter. Uh, So you put up a couple of weird headlines, and you also put a Twitter up there on something, like 8 million something broke or something. What was that all about?
2: A screenshot of how how one tweet wiped 8 billion dollars off the Twitter's value (laughs) so anytime anytime someone says something stupid they're getting put in that thread
1: (laughs) so freezing cold takes watch your back here comes Zach Jacobson (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) alright Zach uh, stay on the line after we uh, go off here I'm just about to say goodbye here on Pack a Day right, Zachary Jacobson of uh, Cheesehead TV and I'm Jake Turner of PackersTalk.com you can actually tweet me At Jake Turner Sport. Uh, Also, just want to give just a quick little promotion here. I apologize to Andy Herman in advance for a shameless plug. Uh, But my Turning Points podcast will become now a simulcast, which we'll be able to do video of it. And ladies and gentlemen, on the 26th of March, we will have Andy Herman of Cheesehead TV on the podcast to really talk and break down the Packers here going forward. Um, as I said, our partnership with the Pack-A-Day has just been incredible, uh, working for these guys, especially Zachary as well. Uh, so before we go off here, these were some of the topics that we broke down. Antonio Brown going to the Raiders, the D. Ford speculation, Robert Tanyan staying in our year with the Packers, Antonio Morrison gone, looking for another job. And then, of course, the TJ Lang. Will the Packers bring back TJ Lang? Tweet me at, at JakeTurnersport or tweet Zach as well or at PackAdayPodcast and give us your answer. Will the Packers bring back TJ Lang? We'll find out. All right, Packer fans, so as you get a resounding few, wonder to yourself if I'm okay. I'm alive. I'm well. I apologize. Daylight savings was kind of spooky for me. But I don't think anybody is awake at this point, but I just witnessed something fantastical. It kind of feels like a leap year to me. But uh, that's a story for another time. So for Zachary Jacobson of Cheesehead TV, I'm Jake Turner, and the three greatest words in the dictionary of the Green Bay Packers is, Go Pack Go! And we will see you next time on Pack-A-Day, your 24-7, 365-day-a-year Packers podcast.
0: Packers showing a blitz, and here they come, Beathard looking, and as he throws it, deep down the right sideline. and interception. it's Intercepted it on the play, spectacular interception by Kevin King, and the nine-yard line of Green Bay! Snap to Rodgers, looking right, throws the right side, St. Brown makes the tie Side of the 30 and the 28 yard line. Hunter Bradley, the snap. JK Scott down on one knee, arm extended. Here it is placement made. Kick <laughs> is up. It is good. It is good. Yes. 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 Mason delivers the there dagger. Go. One week after his worst day ever, he delivers the dagger tonight. Third and five. 13 yard line of Atlanta. Snap Ryan looks right. Throws right There Accepted the house, Bishaw Freeland, touchdown, Green Bay Packers! 19-yard interception return, and it's 16-7, to Packers! Rodgers looks it over, takes the snap, glitz on, they pick it up, lost the right side, they got him! single-back offense behind Aaron Rodgers, who ducks it under center. From the 29 of Green Bay, and here's the handoff, up the middle. big ball, straight ahead, here's Aaron Jones, off to the Lexus, to the 20. Six, trailing 30 to 23 two minutes straight up to go in the game San Francisco showing a blitz through the A-gap and here they come, Rodgers looking throws left side of the end zone yes! Yes! Oh, touchdown yes! Devontae Adams, left corner of the end zone from Aaron Rodgers 16 yard touchdown pass the Packers an extra point away from getting this game tied